On the agenda today, the redevelopment of Landmark Mall. I'm Ricardo Faro. And I'm Michael Pope. We're coming to you from the Orinoco Bay Conference Room at ALX Community, and we're joined by an amazing panel to help us understand this redevelopment and what it means for the future of the West End in Alexandria. We're joined by the City Manager of Alexandria, Mark Jinks. Thanks for joining us. It's good to be here. We're also joined by the president of Innova Alexandria Hospital. She's making a house call to Agenda Alexandria, Dr. Rina Bansal. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So the redevelopment of Landmark Mall has been a topic that has come up again and again and again. In fact, Agenda Alexandria has done more than one panel on the redevelopment of Landmark Mall. And yet it does kind of seem like Lucy in the football. Uh, every time you get close to doing a redevelopment, something falls apart. And this has happened in the early 2000s, in the mid 2000s, in the 2010s. Mark Jinks, what has been the holdup here, or the holdups, plural, that has prevented redevelopment of this site? Uh, the ownership of the site has been in at least three uh, big pieces uh, since day one. Uh, when Landmark was done, it was uh, touted as, boy, these interlocking agreements, well, they lock things up. And in, the, in that interlocking agreement, coupled with the downfall of retail and the downfall of big box department stores, meant that every organization that owned a piece of that mall was in a financial crisis one way, shape, or form uh, for the last 20 years. And so what's different from the past and, and this announcement that recently came out? Uh, what's different is that uh, the owner of the middle uh, range of stores in the malls, Howard Hughes Corporation, uh, Texas firm, uh, they bought the uh, old Macy's store. And that's not just the store, it's all the parking that's around it. So they uh, got two-thirds of the site. And Sears spun off its all, about 200 of its uh, real estate uh, parcels around the country into a separate corporation and said, these are redevelopment parcels. We're a department store. We're not a, a developer. Go figure it out. And so we finally had willing, uh, willing parties. Uh, and then the hospital was looking for a new site in the city, of which there's not a lot of greenfield <laughs> site, uh, big open space in the city that's uh, you know, good for good for the hospital, and so the hospital really needed a place. Uh, Landmark was a great place for it, and they became the anchor, and that really made the economics of the project much more feasible, and made the owners of the project, uh, the two development firms, much more willing to take the risk of redevelopment. That's a great segue, Mark Jinks. Like you should work in radio, Doctor Bensall. Yes. Tell us <laughs> about moving the hospital from its current location. To, to Landmark. Sure, so as most of you probably know, Alexandria Hospital's been an entity in the community for a long, long time. Um, so in 20- 1871? 1872. 1872. So mm -hmm. in 2022, we'll actually be celebrating our 150th birthday. Um, and so the building itself, which has relocated at least once that I know of, is now about 60 years old. So when I started at Alexandria Hospital in 2016, um, it was already the talk of the town that we need a new hospital, we need a new hospital, we need a new hospital. But as Mark said, it's very hard to find land in Alexandria. So this was something that we'd been looking at and wanting for a long time. And really, you know, it was two options. Either you renovate on site, which is very difficult to do, is flying a plane while you're fixing it, or you build a new hospital. And really, Landmark was the perfect opportunity for ANOVA 
to build a new hospital, but also build a comprehensive can cancer center and a medical office building. So not only are we building a new hospital, we're actually expanding our healthcare services in the eastern region. That actually brings up an um, uh, excellent point. By the way, are they are they both working on radio because they've now sagged to each topic? I know they're naturals. <laughs> they're naturals. <laughs> Which we run, uh, we run larger organizations, <laughs> and we're supposed to be a step ahead of everybody else. Clearly, yes. clearly. Um, so, talk to us a little bit about that cancer center. Like, what are what are people going to see on the on the new hospital on the new site? So, I'll tell you about all three. Um, so, when you start with the new hospital, it will be a two hundred thirty bed hospital. It will be all private rooms, a larger emergency room, and a level two trauma center. Which it will be the one of three three level two trauma centers in Northern Virginia. We'll have advanced services in obstetrics, cancer services, neurosciences, and cardiovascular services. Um, also, we will have a comprehensive cancer center, which will provide a full range of cancer services, including radiation and chemotherapy. So just for the audience, we do have cancer services in the eastern region now. But what will this will do is bring all of the services in one location, which will really make it easier for our patients to get all of their care in one place with subspecialists in all areas and access to other services that cancer patients need, like life with cancer, other therapy services and nutrition and exercise, uh, coaching and education. Um, and then we'll have a medical office building which will house subspecialists. And this will also increase the access of the community to providers who we may not have in our community now. What about the actual design of the building itself? I mean, I think people have a mental image about what a hospital looks like and how it's designed and perhaps how difficult it is to navigate your way around <laughs> the, the building. Yes. Uh, tell us about the design for this building. So really what we're focusing on design with this building is one, to be forward thinking. So if you think about it, this hospital will be built in 2028. So we're already you know, talking about seven years from now. So how are we building a hospital that meets the needs of 2028 and then for decades after? And really we're focusing on building a hospital that's patient and family centered, right? Hospitals tend to be places where people get sick you know, we take care of them and then they go home, but they really traditionally have not been designed to promote wellness of the patient. You know, you fix the patient, but you don't really necessarily look at all other aspects that drive their health and their care. Um, so instead of being provider focused, you know, instead of having a nursing station in the center of the unit, we will have a nursing station that's decentralized, so it's closer to the patient's room, so patients have access to their nurses, to their physicians, to other providers, and nurses can easily access their patients. So it will really drive that ability to take better care of the patient. But also in terms of just the look and the feel, it will be much more open, much more brightly lit. We will have public spaces, green spaces, just things again that help us feel better um, and will drive wellness. And actually on the point of, of what <clears throat> um, people will see on this new site, there are a lot of moving pieces and there's more for city manager. Um, there are a lot of moving pieces in this construction, um, a lot of different stakeholders. Um, how How is the city making sure that, I mean, again, given that the history that this site has, this site has had uh, with so many changes in its plan on, on keeping track of all these moving pieces, because this seems to be a much more solid than it has been in the past. It, it clearly is. Uh, this is a plan that's going to go forward. Uh, we've gotten further on this plan than the multiple other times that there were proposals. 
have never gotten this far. And uh, with Inova as the anchor uh, and a willing and a willing partner, uh, there's a master developer. That's the person who's ultimately responsible for making sure all the on-site matters get coordinated. There's 500 pages of legal documents we've just worked through that establish everybody's uh, responsibilities and their rights uh, from now through uh, actually almost 100 years from now, the lease with Inova is uh, 90 years plus. Uh, and you have to think through as many things you can, what might happen and who takes care of it and how do they cure a, a default and things of that sort. Uh, so there's really, it's really like having sheet music to a symphony. It's long, you've got a lot of players, but you've got somebody at the, at, at the front conducting. In this case, this is Folger Pratt. Who's the master? Who's the master developer for the whole site? What else can people expect to see on this site? So the Innova complex, which I think has three buildings, three buildings, is only a fraction of the site here. So what else can people expect to see on the redeveloped, you know, scene? About four million square feet. Innova is about a quarter of that. Uh, there are about 2,500 residential units. About 10% of those are going to be affordable. Many of those above, there's also going to be a fire station. And if you've been to Potomac Yard and seen first in the country, the city said, we don't want to waste the airspace above a new fire station. We'll put affordable housing up there. It's kind of a national model. We're going to do it again at Landmark. Uh, there will be about 400 to 600,000 square feet retail, uh, probably a big grocery store. Uh, and then as a town center, uh, places for uh, people to eat, uh, some shopping, not as much as it was there before because retail has declined. Uh, there'll be a no Lord and Taylor. <laughs> no Lord and Taylor. No, no, no pennies, no Woodward and Lothrop, and no Hex. Uh, all have been on that site before. Uh, park down the middle and uh, on the side there would also be the residential would range from multifamily mid-rise buildings to townhouses. Uh, so it's a real mix to create a real sense of community. And uh, so talking about redevelopment, in terms of the current site of the current um, um, hospital, uh, my understanding is that on, on that same meeting, or there's going to be um, some redevelopment happening there as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's going to happen in that space once the hospital relocates to Landmark? Sure. The challenge of the hospital is it's in the middle of a, re a very low-density residential neighborhood. And so it, the hospital is really restricted on how much it could grow. Yes. Uh, and so, therefore, that's the reason to look outside the, that neighborhood what city council approved in June was a rezoning of the property, which really lowered the density so that it was single family detached in a kind of a cluster home manner or townhouses or some mix of the two. So it is going from really a commercial use, that site, mm -hmm. to a residential use. The specific plans will come probably 2026, 2028 when the hospital, is, which is not a real estate developer, uh, residential <laughs> Uh, when they sell that parcel to another uh, a entity who does residential development, that entity will bring uh, plans forward for the public to review and to be reviewed by the City Planning Commission and City Council. Dr. Bensall, I'm curious about the sort of community assets that might mm -hmm. be at the hospital. So if you go over to Arlington, the Arlington Hospital Center has large conference rooms where 
you can often have like political debates. I've been to many political debates at the Arlington Hospital Center. Um, and, you know, uh, rooms where local boards and commissions might have meetings, that sort of thing. What kind of community assets are going to be at the new location? So I think very similar to what you're saying, but probably also much more expanded. So we want our facilities to be part of the community, and we want our communities to access our facilities, both in terms of meetings, conferences, uh, but also our cafes. We will be making sure that our cafes have, you know, heart-healthy diets, um, have outdoor seating areas, so really welcoming the community into the hospital. We will also be focusing a lot on education of our community, again, around prevention, wellness, well-being. Um, and so, yes, there will be lots of spaces. You know, we'll have a chapel that will be for, or a meditation room space that will be for people who are in the hospital, but probably can be accessed by others. Um, and also some retail spaces within some of our facilities. You said um, earlier on <clears throat> about the cancer center. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, along the lines of community outreach in terms of, of also the cancer center, how do you see that that interface uh, between other organizations that may exist in the city mm-hmm. that may offer that um, to that specific audience population? Yeah, so that is something that we do currently, but it's just not as streamlined that we would like for it to be. So we have cancer screening events for men, you know, prostate cancer screening event, or for women as well, for women's health services. So the new cancer center will really give us an opportunity to do that all in one place. And again, make that the hub for the community for anything that's cancer or cancer prevention related. And this will be a sort of regional center that will draw people from the region, right? Like a regionally significant cancer center. Yeah. So the way um, you know I visualize the Innova Health System is really that Fairfax campus is our what we call sort of the mothership, right? Um, so the hub, and then Alexandria will be the eastern region hub that will eventually feed into the Fairfax hub if the need be. So we will be an acute tertiary care center, which really will be offering the entire spectrum of services, including cancer services now, trauma services, you know, neurosciences, cardiovascular. But there will be some level of acuity that may get transferred to Fairfax, but we will be the eastern region hub, and Fairfax will be the ANOVA hub for entire northern Virginia. One thing that we've kind of uh, talked a little bit in between the lines is in terms of timeline. What's the timeline in terms of when does would construction start? When would the hospital start to <clears throat> look into uh, that portion of the construction part? Like, what's what's the timeline towards completion or or the different phases? Let's put it that way, because I think I read that it's going to be in, in different phases approach um, to the the whole construction of the site. So I can't speak for the site, but for the hospital and the cancer center and the medical office building, all of that design has already been worked on and is being worked on currently. Um, And so we expect to move in in 2028 into all three of our buildings. And that would include the cancer center and the private office building. Okay. Yes. Uh, The construction schedule would have demolition start in late 2022. Uh, what City Council has approved so far is just general concepts. There will be specific building designs like the hospitals mm-hmm. will have to come forward to the Planning and Commission and Council uh, over, over the next year. Um, and then you've got to demolish the old hospital. You then have to make 50 acres ready. And there is $140 million of infrastructure that needs to be largely built before you start building buildings. 
And so it takes it takes a while. It takes <laughs> a lot of money. Um, and the, but the idea also is to, uh, with the hospital and most of the mall site getting redeveloped and opening about the same time. That's the plan, 27, 2028. 20, uh, uh, so the phase two or phase three are fairly small. And the main parts, uh, this is not like a Potomac Yard that we could all remember back when the first development happened, maybe, you know, 14, 15 years ago. Uh, rather, uh, once the, um, when the development at Landmark Mall is intended to happen, most of, most of all of it within a one year, two year period be open. Yeah, that's precisely why my question earlier about the different stakeholders, because it's a, it's a rather complex um, endeavor. It is. Now, <laughs> you mentioned demolition. One thing that won't be demolished is the parking structure, right? So like the, the parking structure that people I'm sure are familiar with, that will remain there and remain the parking structure, right? I mean, is there... That's correct. That was built, I believe, in 1990 when the mall was enclosed. Yeah. Uh, it has a good, useful life. It's cement and steel and is in good shape. Uh, and it provides, uh, parking is very expensive to provide. And it's already there. It backs up to the highway. So it's in a place where it's good to put an above ground parking garage. And it has value. And to replace that underground or new parking would be extraordinarily expensive. Probably above ground, $25,000 a space, below ground, forty dollars or $50,000 per space. And we don't know how much people are going to be driving, <laughs> yeah. you know, 20, That's 30, expensive. 40 years from now. Uh, in a sense of ha everybody having their own car, or do we all kind of share electric pod cars that, that move us <laughs> around? And so the part of the idea also is if you don't need that parking deck or part of it in, in uh, 30 years, you've got uh, further land that you can develop. But I actually read that that part of that is also to establish the a hub for the rapid bus system. Do I have that right? Uh, the, the bus <coughs> system initially was supposed to be near the garage, and as we work through the detailed planning, it's now been moved out uh, more towards Van Dorn. Okay. So it's more probably a block in from Van Dorn would be the two uh, bus rapid transit stations. Well, I'm curious, you kind of touched on this, but I'd like to explore this a little bit more as sort of the future of transportation in that area. If you think about being in that area, it's very car-centric now. Everything is designed around cars. And, you know, with, I'm curious about the transportation part of this design. And, you know, will it be as car-centric in the future? And sort of like what... What's the current design in terms of the transportation out there? Well, the design is to be less car-centric. You know, this was built in the initially in 1965 was the first mall, and that's about as suburban and car-centric a focus as American development ever had. And uh, Landmark has been, over the last 20 years, a good solid transit site. Uh, Dash bus, Metro bus uh, went to the back, you know, basically the back of the mall and served it well. Uh, we're investing more in uh, bus rapid transit, uh, and so we have more frequent service, uh, like the frequency of a subway car, but with uh, rubber tiled, tired wheels like you see on uh, Route 1 uh, in Potomac Yard and in uh, Arlington. Uh, the intent is to do that down Duke Street. Fairfax County is talking about doing it out to Route 236. And then we also have Van Dorn that crosses the interstate and then goes down Beauregard and then eventually goes down to the Pentagon. And so we are creating uh, a opportunity for transit to be uh, less car-centric, 
Uh, our bus routes uh, begin part of that redesign of that process uh, in this September. And also City Council decided at the mayor's initiative to make the buses free. And that should uh, really boost ridership. And every rider you get in the bus is one that's not in the car. Well, I think this, um, we will definitely continue talking about this as uh, development gets underway. Um, I do want to allow each one of you to, if you have any other additional parting thoughts. Um, uh, but I think this has been really insightful um, to discover. And I'm really looking forward to that community engagement, especially with the Cancer Center. Yes, no, thank you. All I want to say is, you know, we are a high-performing hospital, but we are excited about having a brand-new facility that will really allow us to take exceptional care for patients. So we're very excited. Uh, seven years seems far, but I know it will go by quickly, and we will be in a new facility. Thank you. I want to, want to basically throw in that the city is, is putting in $140 million of bond money into this project. Uh, we will earn about a billion dollars over 30 years in additional new uh, tax revenues, mostly property tax revenues from the new development that'll pay those bonds back. But in order to make this project go, it was not only the hospital uh, being able to be present and the anchor on the site, was also the city government willing to stand up and say that we need to incent all the parties and really close the funding gap to make it this project feasible. And we are truly thankful for that partnership. So thank you. And please donate blood. <laughs> <laughs> this program of Agenda Alexandria is made possible by ALX community and members like you. Please consider becoming a member today by visiting our website at agendaalexandria.org.